I want to start today with a confession. Yeah. Sometimes there are moments in my life where I just wish that everything would be over. Not my life, but my to-do list. I sometimes really wish that everything would be checked, you know, done, done that, done that, no more work to do, work completed. Do you feel me? <laughs> That's moments, they happen in my life, and even moments where I wish nobody, not even my wife, not even my kids, not even the, the, the animals in our house would have anything from me. No expectations on me, okay? Just quiet, just rest. Do you know that feeling? Yeah. That's paradise, okay? <laughs> But this week I had one moment that was really awful. I got up in the morning, and even in the morning when I got up, I'd already felt so many thoughts were going wild and crazy in my mind. Even reading the Bible didn't help me. Even praying didn't help me. Even taking communion didn't help me to get rid of all the thoughts and sorrows that came up to me. I checked my agenda. I walked into the office. I had one meeting after the other. I went from one calendar entry to the other, one meeting after the other, and my thoughts were going wilder and wilder. When I had one meeting finished, some problems solved, the next problems popped up, and it felt like it taking me down in a black hole. And at a certain point, I realized I had a, a mistake in my calendar that I would have two points where I should be at the same time, okay? And that was a big problem. And it really started, my pulse went up higher. I started to sweat and I thought, no, I will have to disappoint either my family or my peers at work. And I decided for the peers at work, it didn't go well. And in this moment, my telephone rang and journalists asked me, what is ICF gonna do about the new certificate stuff, you know? And I was, no, another question, certificate. I don't even know what's going on in my life with a certificate. How about the church? And it was like taking me down and I screamed inside of me, stop it, just stop it, stop it. And this very moment, I realized that's absolutely not the place where I wanted to be. And it's absolutely not a place where God wants me to be. I realized I was at the wrong place. In my mind, in my heart, I missed the goal. Sin was in my life. I didn't trust God. Maybe you know these moments. Where will my soul find rest? Where will your soul find rest? That's the subject of my message this afternoon. How can I find rest? I can find rest through the Sabbath. Through the Sabbath. It's that simple. But we forget about it. And I want to take you to paradise from screaming right away to paradise, okay? <laughs> Let's go to paradise. That was tough enough, I know. It was a tough uh, start for the message. 
But when we enter Eden, the place where God created all the earth and Adam and Eve, we read from Genesis 2, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. The verb here is Shavat in Hebrew. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on, on it he rested, Shavat again, from all the work of creating that, that he had done. The principle of Sabbath starts just right away in the Garden of Eden by God taking a rest. But if we look at the word in Hebrew, it doesn't mean like taking a rest. God was not exhausted after creating the earth. How could God be exhausted, okay? The verb here means to stop, to cease. God ceased from work. He ceased work. That means God said it's completed. The moment I'm longing for for all my life. He said it's completed. Everything is just perfect the way I wanted it to be. So God rested. After having created six, six days, he rested. If you look back at the other days, there was, it says every day, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And there was evening, there was morning the second day, and so on until day six. But it doesn't say the same thing at Sabbath. At the seventh day, there is no finish to, to the Sabbath. In other words, when God took a rest, when God ceased from work, he said, that's exactly how it should be with Adam and Eve and the human beings between them and me. It's just perfect and, and it's meant to go on and on like this. It didn't end. So Sabbath characterizes the life in Eden. You and me, we are created to be in Eden. Adam and Eve, they received a gift from God by being in Eden. They didn't have to do anything for it. They were created and put in the middle of paradise where they just had a gift of life. Everything was here. Adam could say, hey, Eve, have me, give me a drink, a banana drink, whatever drink. And they had everything they wanted. Well, that's a strong Aperol. <laughs> it's also fine. Don't know if Eve and Adam had that. It's just a gift, it's perfect. And the other thing that's going on in Eden, it's the people of uh, the human beings were made for work to create in the image of God. It's their destination, it's their purpose. To create together with God, the purpose of human was to extend Eden to all the rest of the world. Eden was a specific place in the east of all creation. And their purpose was to extend Eden all over the earth, to multiply and extend Eden and bring it to the rest of the world. That was their purpose. And the third thing that characterizes Eden is the closeness to God. It says they were taking a walk with God around in Eden. They were having Operol with or no alcohol with God. In Eden, it was paradise, face to face with God. That's how you were created to be. You and me were created to be in completeness, 
And that's why the cry in our hearts longs exactly for that state. That's how God meant it to be. As you know, Adam and Eve were not, was not enough for them. <laughs> how can Eden be enough, you know? So uh, <laughs> they were kicked out of Eden and God had to put a fence around Eden and it, there was no going back. It was just over. They were kicked out there. There was a fence. And the curse of God over Adam was, you will have to work as hard as it gets, okay? Shoveling in the dirt, digging in the dirt, okay? <sighs> Very hard work from that moment on. Giving birth to children was hurting a lot from that moment on. All the women say thank you to Eva. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, that's how it was. But in the same moment where God kicked them out of Eden, put a fence around it, he had also a plan to have mercy on us. He knew we wouldn't survive that, okay? Let's read. Later on, the people of Israel, they went out from Egypt in the desert. They were in the darkness, in the wilderness. Moses was afraid and God talked to him. He said in Exodus 33, 33, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. It means that God says to you and me and says to the people of Israel, when you walk through the wilderness, when you walk through chaos and darkness, I will be there and I will bring Eden into your daily life. Me personally, me, God, who created you, who gave you Eden, it was not enough, but I will still be with you. And that is the plan of mercy for us and for Israel. And I want to show you some oasis that went with the people of Israel that will tell us how God understood the principle of Sabbath. It's oasis in chaos and darkness for you and me and for the people of Israel. The first oasis was the manna. It was not long after entering the desert, walking towards the promised land, where God started to feed them with the manna. Manna came from heaven every day, and God told them, take the manna, but don't take more than you can eat on that day, because it will be bad. People didn't trust God. They started to take more and more, but every day it was bad after, after one day. They didn't trust him. He said, at the sixth day, you, I bring you double portion, so it will be enough also for the seventh day, but because the seventh day, remember, like Sabbath, there will be no manna, it will be a day of rest. First time in the history, God gave the rhythm of Sabbath to the people, even before the commandment. It was about trust. Next thing God did, he gave the Ten Commandments, and the people of Israel, the Jewish people, until today, they say, the law, the Torah, is a way to life. It's not just rules, it's a way to life. The fourth commandment says, you work for six days and the seventh day you shall rest. And that's one of the commandments, okay? It's very serious. But what God meant with that, I will give you life, the principle of an oasis, the principle of Sabbath in the desert, in the wilderness for the people of Israel. The next rhythm that the people of Israel take is the seven feasts. Every year in the Jewish people, they celebrate seven feasts. Already again, the, the number seven, okay? 
I've, I'm sure you realize that. The number seven is very important because it means completeness. It's, it's a symbol that God says, I will come with you with completeness. You can have a rhythm in your life where you feel completeness. Even if you're digging in the dirt, there will be a rhythm of Sabbath in your life where you celebrate completeness, even though it's not finished. So every year they celebrate seven feasts. The next rhythm, the next oasis in the desert is grace. Every seven years, there's the Sabbath year in the Jewish calendar. And in the Sabbath year, they let the land rest. They didn't plant anything so the land could rest. They didn't have any um, shoulder, just depth. They, they gave the depth to the people who had death. It was always a year of celebration. And then, even one step further, principle of Sabbath, one oasis more, is the year of Jubilee. Every seven times seven year is a year of Jubilee. Like 49 years is, a, is, the, is the year of Jubilee in Israel still today. The year of Jubilee meant all the captives were set free. Imagine that. You could go criminal in the year 48 because you knew in 49 you'll be free again. <laughs> Another subject. But it was healing. It meant healing to the land, healing to those people who were captivated. And that is the year of Jubilee. So look at the oasis. That's the rhythms. That's the principle of Sabbath, how God meant it to be. I will give you rest. God establishes rhythms in our lives where we come to rest. Now, one of the prophets, Isaiah, he wrote in Isaiah 61, there will be one prophet one day, and he will bring the year of Jubilee to completion. So when Jesus arrived, I'm going to read it to you, and this is very exciting to me, I hope to you as well. Luke chapter 4, Jesus walking in a synagogue on a Sabbath. Listen up, on a Sabbath. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. So it was his family sitting there. On the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as, we, as was his custom. So he did the same thing like you. He went to church. He went to synagogue on Sabbath. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. So he read what the prophet had said before. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. So it was per on purpose that he took this passage and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the Jubilee year. Remember what we just heard. Jesus stood up on a Sabbath and he said, the, the year of Jubilee, the rhythm of Sabbath, the, the, the Shabbat of the Shabbat of the Shabbat, you know, is completed in me. Here I am. Have rest. What the prophet told you would happen, it happens right now. They didn't like it, but it was the completion of the principle of Sabbath. And Jesus said, it's me. It's me. So he said with other words, I'm coming down from heaven. I'm in Eden where you're going to. The first Eden, you missed it, okay? 
you have some oasis and you head up to the future with God and I'm coming from there. Jesus says that I'm entering your digging in the dirt. I'm entering your weary hearts and I bring you the kingdom of God so you can taste it even when you're digging in the dirt. That's what Jesus does. Let us read what he says to you and me this afternoon. Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Have you ever had the cry, the scream in your heart for completion, just like I had? Jesus says, come to me, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Jesus enters your wilderness. He is an oasis and he's there all the time for you and for me. Just like God told Moses, I will be your rest. Jesus says, I completed all the principles just to be here for you, to give you rest. A few weeks ago, I met Johannes Hartl when he was here. He had such a great message, Johannes Hartl. And we talked about Sabbath, and here are a few sentences from him to the subject of Sabbath. Johannes, thank you so much for being here. We talk about the principle of Sabbath. What would you say is of big importance about this principle? Well, first of all, it's, it's interesting. It's uh, for, 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 for Orthodox Jews, this is the most important uh, thing there is, the most important um, of the commandments. It's actually a commandment God himself kept. So yes. it's something like inscripted in, in, in reality itself, in the creation already there is the Sabbath. So I think biblically sp spoken, it's of highest importance. And secondly, for our postmodern times, it's of greatest value. I just checked out that within one year in Germany, 16 billion euro are spent wow. only on deficits caused by lack of sleep. Mm. So, so the ec economic value of sleep is absolutely underestimated. Yeah. So I think we live in a society that's absolutely driven. We need to rediscover the beauty yeah. of Sabbath, definitely. We are a restless uh, society, right? Yeah, yeah So uh, it's like a principle that we have to establish in our personal life. Yeah. How do you do that personally? Yeah, first, the first rhythms. All, yeah, I, I, I love the way you frame it. It's something you have to establish. Mm -hmm. Like brushing your teeth, you don't have to reconsider every single day if this makes yeah. sense or not. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's like a, a rhythm you have built into, your, into the fabric of your everyday life. Yeah. And spiritual disciplines is the same thing. Sometimes we are so charismatic, it's like, uh, I want to be led by the Spirit. You don't have to be led to be, uh, by the Spirit to brush your teeth, right? <laughs> exactly. You don't have to be led by the Spirit to keep your Sabbath. So it's a rhythm that you have impl to implement. Mm -hmm. So I would say there is a daily part, there is a yeah. weekly part, and there is a yearly part. Mm -hmm. So you need one time per day at least where you can, yeah. can come down, otherwise you, you're kept in a constant rush. Second thing is, I think we have to establish that there is wisdom and godly wisdom in the seven-day thing. Mm -hmm. So we as a family, we really try to, 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 to celebrate Sunday in a beautiful way. Yeah. And the third thing is, for me personally, I try to take two or three times a year a time of two or three days where I'm gone alone in the mountains. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm pretty glad that I have the chance and my wife has kids and those And then even in the summer, our the way we do holidays has shifted over the last years. Mm -hmm. So now I, I combine it with a digital detox, so I leave my cell phone back yeah. home, which is, which is interesting, because even people yeah. on the beach, everybody's checking their mail. Yeah. Did you have any trembling in your hands? <laughs> well, it was awkward for the first time, <laughs> yeah. but I got used to it. No, but it's, it's crazy. Even you see people on the beach, they're all yeah. checking their emails. It's true. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So it, it keeps us going. I yeah. think we need to, to learn Sabbath, even in a, a, yeah. a, there is digital Sabbath as yes. well. It shows also we are sometimes not capable of, of resting. That's what I realize in my life sometimes. So what, what do you suggest for people who are watching now? How can I get this, this rhythm? How can I establish it? You come from a Catholic back way, uh, background. Um, what are the, the treasures that you found out for yourself? I mean, there are more questions there. Because what you, what you were saying, like we're, we're even afraid of. Yeah. Of, of, I, that, that's a deeper thing to mm -hmm. ask oneself what makes me afraid, what could happen, what could possibly happen. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's very good if you feel that you're afraid mm -hmm. to, to stop. Because the, the thing is not that there is too much stress. Actually, we are looking for it. Mm -hmm. We're addicted yeah. to stress. Mm -hmm. So the Catholic tradition emphasizes the role of patterns and rhythms. Yeah. Whereas the evangelical, the charismatic tradition emphasizes the individualism, like I do what I feel called to, which is good, but it's yeah. only one part. So the Catholic would have like a, a prayer time in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, at the night. So you have a, a form of rhythm. The thing is, your soul does need a pattern. It needs a rhythm. Yeah. So you have to create your own. It has nothing basically to do with Catholicism. It was yeah. the same in the Old Testament in the temple. Mm -hmm. So, but of course, for many people going to a, a, a monastery is a half, because monastery is a way of living is created 1,500 years ago. Yeah. The place I grew up there in Germany, there is a monastery that was founded in 766 AD and wow. they're still going. Yeah. Wow. I mean, ICF is now 25 years old. Exactly. So this yeah. is 1,250 years, something like that. And yeah. they are still daily praying. So there is a rhythm, you can learn something from that. Mm -hmm. And even, I would say Europe was built and was evangelized by monks and monasteries. Yeah. So I think there are treasures to, to learn and to find out, yeah. Thank you so much, Welcome. Johannes, for these words. I love those questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Johannes Hartel. Maybe you go back to the message of the 18th of July. He talked about rest also here in ICF. Yeah, there are some practical, way, practical ways how we can find rest in Jesus. I put it like that. One way is to establish rhythms in your life. In Hebrews 4, chapter 10 to 11, um, there's a sentence, and in there it says, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. It's not just happening occasionally that you will find rest. It says... Make every effort to enter that rest. Jesus is here. The question is, where are you? <laughs> Most of the times in my life, it's just these questions. Where am I? When God was looking for Adam, he said, Adam, where are you? Make every effort you can to establish rhythms. I want to show you some practical tips. Schedule daily, weekly, and yearly Sabbath times. If you look at the oasis God established for the people of Israel, it was weekly, it was even daily, it was yearly, it was seven times, seven yearly. God knew we would, be, we would need that to have rhythms. And it's much easier if you do that just on purpose and plan it before. The Jewish people, they say about the law, about the Torah, they say, we put a fence around the Sabbath. We protect Sabbath. So nothing can enter Sabbath and make it a hurry again. They protect it very hardly, okay? So be intentional about planning it and be diligent on the other days. 
Of course you're stressed on Sabbath if you were laying lazy the other days. <laughs> okay, that's a no-brainer, but sometimes it helps. <laughs> organize rest times and Sabbath days in advance, it helps. Jewish people, they organize Sabbath very diligently. They, they put everything there so when they walk, wake up in the morning or when the, the sun goes down Friday night, they don't have to work anymore because work is done. Avoid anything that distracts you or has to do with your work. Put maybe the cell phone away if it helps you celebrate God's faithfulness in the past, like Eden in your life, and rejoice in his promises for the future. Celebrate it. If you have a family, take the children. Celebrate for Sabbath. Take a drink, whatever. If it's upper all, it doesn't matter. Seek to be close to God because God is there. He wants to be your rest. It's intentionally it's not happening just occasionally. How can I find rest with Jesus? Another thought is we have to cease work. We have to stop. Be where Jesus is. In John 17, before Jesus went back to the Father, he prayed. It's, it's my favorite place to feel Jesus' heart. And his father, he says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. He didn't talk just about the future, the paradise. He also talks about now, our daily lives. He wants you to be there where he is. So take a stop, cease from work. Make every effort to enter in Jesus' presence. It's worth it. One of my best friends, Phil Sternbauer, I've known him since kids, uh, he talks about how God helped him to, to find healing in Jesus' rest. My name is Phil Sternbauer. I'm lead pastor in ISF Middleland. I'm married with Moni and we have together three kids. My type is rather restless than calm. In the challenges of daily life at work, or at home with the kids, I often didn't find peace in my mind. My thoughts were often in distress, sorrows, or disappointments of the past, or in the dreams and vision and projects of the future, but everywhere, but often not here and now. One day my kids made a joke about me at the table. They said, Papa, where are you? Are you dreaming? So I went to a coach and he taught me some principles from Jesus. So I changed some habits in my life and established new habits and three of them I want to share with you. First, every morning, about three, four times a week, I go out in the forest for a prayer walk. Walking, talking, sharing hearts with the Father is the best start in the week or in the day. Second, I started some mindfulness exercises. For example, in the elevator, I deeply breathe and say to myself, you are here, you are here. You are here. This helps me to find the presence in God. And third, I changed my habit how to eat and drink. 
Today, I eat mindful, slowly, enjoyable, thankful, and I eat half now. And bottom line, in three months, I lost 10 kilo kilograms weight without a diary. And third, I established journaling. I don't write or journal every day, maybe three, four times a week. I write down all my ups and downs, what I'm thankful, what I'm frightened, joy, dreams, vision. And this is the best preparation for Sabbath because I can let go. I'm still in process. When I look back the last 10 years, I can say I feel much more vital and present. And God healed my soul and my body, and I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. It's such an amazing thing how God wants us to be in the rest. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to make it all the way until the promised land, until the end of your days. Not digging in the dirt, sweating in the face, but finding the rest in the daily life. I know today that many of us, we are weary. We have burdens. Maybe you have screams inside of you just the way I have them sometimes. And I know Jesus wants to heal you. He will take burdens away this afternoon and he will even heal physically. That's what I believe today. I want to go with you with your shovel. I don't know what's your shovel. Maybe it's thoughts, maybe it's work. Whatever it is, you cannot let go. You take it all the way through, through everyday life. And I will show you the words, the principles again. First, it's about trusting God. Why is it that we think when we work harder, we go further? It's just a lie. It's even sin. It's not trusting God's word. Just a little bit next to the truth is also a lie. Sometimes we think, I just work harder, I give more of my efforts, and I will reach the goal. That's just how the people of Israel was. It's just a bit shameful. If you go out there, try to gather everything, and then it gets bad. You can't use it. It will not bring you further. Next place is about life. In the Torah it says, if anyone breaks the rule of Sabbath, he will die. You know what doctors say sometimes here in the Western civilization? It's sure people when they get sick, they are, on one hand they're sad, but it's a phenomenon that many people say, actually, it's also a bit like, like relaxing. Finally, there's no more expectations. I can just rest. How sad is it that we arrive at the place in our lives that we embrace sickness more than just having a rest with a healthy body because we don't want to take a rest. It will kill you not to take a rest. We're going for a long-distance run, not just a sprint. 
Embrace the rest Jesus wants to give you. Celebrate Sabbath. It's not, it's not just a rule you have to accomplish everything in the right way. It's a celebration, okay? Jesus walked around. He was like a Sabbath rebel that his disciples took um, from the fields. They ate there. Jesus healed on the Sabbath. He broke some rules, but he lived out the Sabbath. And they celebrate until today. Jewish people look back through the week, through, look back all their way, and they look to their future and they celebrate Sabbath. Celebrate it. It's seven feasts every year. It's one day every week. It's one moment every day where you can celebrate life. And one point here is grace. Jesus wants to forgive you for everything you've done wrong, even missing out on his principle of Sabbath, even missing out on his invitation to take a rest. He will forgive today. But we need to repent. We, we need to turn around. It's not okay. It's just not okay to go on and work harder. It's not okay. It's not okay for yourself and not in the eyes of God. You would never tell a friend, let's go down the road. Let's rob out the bank and kill some people on the way. But have you ever told anyone, I know it's your free day, but could you please, could you please send that mail for me? Do you want me to kill anybody or what is happening with you? It's the same thing. It's a bit hard words, I know, <laughs> but think about it. It's just the culture, even in Christianity, the Sabbath, it's easy. But to kill someone, pff, never. Okay, last point, healing. As you saw in, in Phil's life, Jesus wants to heal you. He wants to heal you. Our hearts are sick. Our society is sick in the heart, in depression, and Jesus wants to heal. Hey, thanks for watching. Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly, and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you, really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship say that podcast could be a very well cool thing just share the link because it's pretty pretty easy and I'm looking forward to see you again tune in and God bless you and see you soon bye bye